Welcome back to KSCJ Radio, 1360 AM, 94.9 FM in Sioux City, Iowa. I'm Brian Vakalskis, and this is Having Read That, conversations with authors about their books. And I'm joined by Deborah Goodrich-Royce, whose novel Reef Row that was released about a year ago is now out in paperback. And so for those of you cheapskates that didn't want to buy a hardcover or an ebook, you can buy a paperback and it's really light to carry around. And the best thing is, though, it's not a light read. It is a, a fantastically, uh, it's a gripping psychological thriller. And Deborah, I loved this book when I read it about a year ago. I reread it as I knew I was going to speak to you again here today. But I'm curious, how did the book play in Pittsburgh after it came out? Good morning, and that is a fine question. You still have me laughing on the cheapskate line. (laughs) You know, I got an interesting email several months ago from a journalist in Pittsburgh who was writing about the real crime, and I was quite, um, well, I was thrilled that he found me and we met for coffee. You know, we had one of these weird rendezvous at the side of the road where I picked him up in my car to take him for coffee when I was in Pittsburgh, and I think I worried my mother. <laughs> but I can't wait for his article to come out. So I've done a number of events in Pittsburgh. I've been there a few times. You know, there's a certain crowd that does remember the real crime. Uh, younger people are fascinated by it. So I think it has played well in Pittsburgh. Well, there was the murder of a 12-year-old in Pittsburgh. It was a friend of your mother's at the time. This would have been in the late 40s. And then there's another part of the, of now I'm talking about your novel, that takes place in West Palm Beach as the pandemic is starting, where a, a wife's a husband and children are missing. A hand washes up on shore. And I don't want to give too much away because it's just, when you don't know much going in, it just makes it so much better to read. But as you sat down and wrote this, I know that what you heard about the Pittsburgh story, the real one, came from your mother, but she was only a child when it happened. I've had a similar experience in my family where a a crime happened when my mother was five, and all I ever knew about it was from the perspective of basically her as a child, and as I researched more into it about the crime that happened here in Sioux City, Iowa, it, there was a lot more to it that a five-year-old wouldn't have been able to understand. Did you have that same experience in trying to learn about something that your mother told you from her childhood perspective? Exactly that. Uh, That was one of the most interesting things. Uh, My mother's point of view was that of the 12-year-old she was at the time, and it it remained that. And I think there were darker components to the crime than my mother was able to understand at the time, you know, um, maybe um, sexual, uh, that I don't think she really would have had a concept of. and even down to minutia, my mother had always told me that her friend was stabbed 37 times. When I started doing the research, it turned out she was stabbed 36 times. This is not a big deal, but it's startling. It, it's almost like, you know, when you mispronounce a word that you've only ever seen written on the page, and you suddenly hear it and you have to relearn that word. It was just a little tiny thing like that that just made me see that maybe the story wasn't exactly as she had told it. it the, the whole idea of generational trauma that comes from this, from having a friend murdered, from having a family member murdered, those types of things, I think that's more prevalent than people probably realize. And you've been touring, you're touring for the paperback now, you toured with the novel. What, what kind of stories would you hear about generational trauma that you probably didn't even know were out there as you were writing about it? That is such a good question. Everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody has something. 
it could be like your story and mine, uh, acts of extreme violence in, in their town, in their families. I also think it plays out uh, in, in larger cultural groups, uh, ethnic groups, you know, um, groups of people who have uh, things that have happened to them in the past. A, a great example would be the history of the Native Americans. You know, there's generational trauma for sure in, in that case. And uh, the, the Irish potato famine, if you look at that, all the people who fled Ireland and so on, I think it really affects everyone in one way or another, either at the more personal level or the larger uh, ethnic level. Well, it doesn't even have to be violence uh, or you know displacement with the Native Americans or whatever. I even think back to my grandmother that you didn't leave any food on your plate because she grew up during the Depression, and and so there's different levels of generational trauma, right? That's that's an excellent example. Um, yes, we who grew up, uh, the children of people or grandchildren of people who've gone through things like that, it affects how we look at money. It affects how we manage our lives. I think as they're studying this, you know, there's a field of study called epigenetics. I think it'll have huge implications with some of our most intractable, intractable problems like addiction, depression, anxiety, things that we struggle to understand, you know, why, uh, why can't we get a handle on those things? I'm chatting with Deborah Goodrich-Royce about her novel, Reef Road. It's available now in paperback. Go out and pick it up. And if, uh, if you, if you uh, are looking for a, a psychological read, I, I read it in one night, Deborah. And I, I, so I used to think that was a disservice to the author, that you spend a year or, or multiple years working on a novel, and, and, and it entertains me for two hours. But it's kind of like watching a movie. I mean, you've got an acting background. Is that sort of the same thing? It's absolutely the same thing. I think we are, uh, you know, creatures who respond to story, I think, you know, going back to the, our, our ancestors sitting around a campfire, we understand ourselves and each other better through story. Think about Shakespeare. Uh, some of the ways we look at uh, the human drama, I, I think we can see it more clearly through fiction sometimes than through nonfiction. Does, did this give you, I, I mean, I, you obviously experienced this generational trauma. Did this book give you any closure or anything, or was it even a, a huge blip on your radar screen as you went about your life with what your mother went through? You know, it was probably something in the back of my mind somewhere. I had an awareness, a heightened awareness, that that sort of thing was possible. I think for many people, it's just not even in the realm of possibility that a little girl can be murdered at home, and happily so. Uh, you know, I, I read that we didn't have to think about those things. For me, it was a possibility. So I think in writing the book, it gave me the chance to examine some of the, the deeper influences on my own life. And I've, in the real story, as in the book, uh, the little girl's brother was always the primary suspect. And I have Googled that brother over the years, and interestingly, he just died at the end of November. Wow, that's an interesting little tidbit there. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 played a part in this book, too. Almost a, a character, an antagonist of sorts, but it's just sort of there. And I, I think about literature as I read books that I've read classics, and 
you know, no offense, I don't know if Reef Road will be a classic like a Mark Twain or anything like that, but if somebody was to pick up this book 50 years from now, do you ever think about the possibility that they wouldn't even understand the COVID-19 pandemic to get the important part it played in this book? Well, I, I do think we understand Eris past. I think if you pick up a book that's set in 1943 Paris, even if you didn't live at that time, there and then, you know some of the constraints that are imposed on your characters from the get-go if, if you've read anything about history. I think if you pick up a book that's set in, you know, 1862 Virginia and on and on, you, you understand. So I think what COVID served to do was uh, impose a box around the characters, put limits on them. And I, I think limitations are always helpful in fiction because... In fact, it's limitless. It, you can go anywhere the writer's imagination can go. If I wrote a book as fantastic as this, I would rest on my laurels and never write another word. I would say, I've done everything I can. Little Birdie told me, you're not doing that. You're working on something new. What is it? I am. And thanks for saying that. A referred was just named one of the best books of 2023 by Kirkus. So that, if that is intimidating to write again. I'm working on a novel that's based on a weird uh, email I got from a fellow who delineated all these touch points that we had theoretically shared together that I didn't remember. So it became increasingly alarming as I read this email, both that um, he was telling the truth and that perhaps he wasn't, and it, it kind of jingled some thoughts about memory and whether it is liable or not. And, you know, the, the foundational story of a man contacting a woman and maybe he's telling the truth and maybe he's not. What a great jumping off point and something we can look forward to. Right now it's Reef Road. It's out in paperback. It's the novel. It's a psychological thriller from Deborah Goodrich-Royce. The book is available everywhere. Deborah, just a fantastic book. It truly deserved the honors that it got from Kirkus, best book of 2023. And I thank you for joining me to talk about it. Thank you so much. This has been Having Read That on KSCJ Radio. I'm Brian Vakalskis. Check out all of our episodes on our website, kscj.com, and subscribe to our iTunes podcasts. Thanks to music historian Molly Jolly and segment producer John Weasler. We will be back next time. No one cared until the night you went out walking on alone And never came home